Like a beast in the jungle, in the heat of the rumble. I ain't got nothing to lose. I've been fighting these hard times in the ghettos of my mind. That was victory. All right, we're going to take a quick break at 151. So before we hit 150, Matt, I think it's only fitting for us to, you know, not only take a break, have a beer, have some water, but I think it's also important at this time to bring in some guests. And the whole point of this show is talking about Royal Rumble. So yeah, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. We're going to be talking to wrestling fans, but we're also going to be talking to some really cool people. And here we are joined by our first guest, Danny Granger. You probably know him on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media as Danny Granger Art, the Sharpie Art guy. Danny, thank you so much for joining us here on the Royal Rumble special. Oh, thank you, man. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. I know we've been talking about this for literally years to get you on the show at some point, And I'm like, you know what? The Royal Rumble special, it's special enough. We're going to bring in Dan. We're going to bring in Danny. And I think it's perfect timing because, you know, I think the past uh, few weeks, you've been uh, pretty busy. So let's go down your resume. You're a father. You're a husband. You're an Elvis impersonator. You're a wrestling fan. You do art with Sharpies. What else? What else is there, sir? That's me, man. That is me really wrapped up into a nutshell. Um, I'm a small-town boy from the town of Goddard, Ontario, up on Lake Huron, now living in the the big smoke, as they call it, downtown Toronto. And, uh, yeah, I'm a proud father and uh, husband. And, uh, yeah, I travel the world as an Elvis impersonator for a lot of years. And uh, that's me. I love that so much. So I got to ask you, Elvis impersonator. It's not every day you get to interview an Elvis impersonator. So you got to tell me, how does one fall into this line of work? How does one find gigs in this line of work? And you got to tell me how much fun it was. A jailhouse rock. That's exactly what happened. I was going through my dad's old VHS tapes. I was like 13. So I was probably looking for like, you know, a porn. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just straight up. And I came across Jailhouse Rock, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And Elvis was so cool in that freaking movie, man. And all I knew about Elvis before that was just like 70s Elvis, right? You know, big Elvis in a jumpsuit and people making fun of him. But I came across that movie, and the first 15 minutes, Elvis kills a guy in a bar fight with his bare hands and just smirks and walks away. And I'm like, oh, who is this dude? And then I was just hooked on Elvis, man. Everything I did was about Elvis. That's awesome. That's really cool. So then getting into these gigs and doing the Elvis impersonation, like, you know, how prolific is this up here in the Great White North, especially in Goderick? Like, you know, I'm pretty sure that you've had to do a lot of traveling just to find gigs and whatnot. There's a legion in every town, right? And uh, legions do a lot of gigs because it's a lot of the older folk that grew up with that kind of music and a lot of nursing homes. Um, but yeah, and traveled quite a bit when I was younger. We would, did, uh, Brantford a lot, did a lot of shows, Brantford, Cambridge, Kitchener, um, and a couple in Toronto, but yeah, nothing too big when I was younger. So we just did a lot of stuff around the town, nursing homes, legions, stuff like that. Awesome. So before we started recording, you mentioned that you worked for Disney. How did this come about and when, when about was this? As soon as I graduated high school. So it was 2003. I got a phone call from a talent agent asking us if we wanted to uh, do a little thing for Disney. And so we were down in Florida for, um, I was down in Florida for about three, four months. 
and uh, went to a bunch of the parks and MGM Studios walk around looking like Elvis for the Lilo and Stitch movies. I love that. I love that so much. And there must have been, I remember that time, because Elvis was pretty huge just because of Lilo and Stitch. And, you know, they brought back a lot of the, uh, the, the music. And I'm, if I remember correctly, you know, it some of the, the Elvis music got back on certain charts. So there must have been a lot of attention and, you know, seeing the, the, the reaction on kids' faces and whatnot must have been awesome. It was more the older folks, right? Like, the kids didn't get it, right? They were there to see, you know, princesses and Mickeys and stuff. And But we'd always throw off the older folks where they'd look over, see, like, Lilo and Stitch, and then all of a sudden two guys standing there dressed like Elvis, right? They were just, they always thought that was pretty cool. And we, yeah. we had fun with it. For sure. Now, we're going to move on. We're going to start talking about your Sharpie art. Why Sharpie? How did, how did this one start? I took a plumbing apprenticeship back in my hometown. So my wife at the time was here in Toronto, and I went back to Goddard, and I wasn't doing good. I was having a rough time, and I was celebrating my one-year sobriety. I quit drinking, and I went to the, the shop that day, and the night before, the guys had a party. And so there was empty beers and puke and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I didn't feel good about myself that day when it should have been one of the best days of my life. And uh, I got home and I was just in tears and I called my wife and I go, well, what should I do? She's like, well, you haven't drawn anything in a long time. Why didn't you go get a sketchbook? I only had $2. So I went to the store, got a sketchbook, came back, and I realized I had no pencils. That's exactly how it started. Wow. I looked into, my work, looked into my work bag. There was a Sharpie. Uh, one thing led to another. I had some fun with it. People thought it was cool. I started developing a certain style that I really liked. Um, and it just, one thing led to another, and the Sharpie thing just stuck. And it's a nice little gimmick. Yeah, I Man, love it. That's you know, I know you're a wrestling fan because, you know, you obviously you have to have a gimmick. The, the man has a gimmick, and it's Sharpie art. Um, so, you know, you've been able to make some pretty cool acquaintances. You know, you've gotten your art uh, retweeted, shared, and by you know by people what's probably the best experience you've had doing this like where it just touched you in 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 like in an emotional way in a happy way oh there's been a lot i've been really lucky that way um when i was 14 we went on a skiing trip and um these guys from high school a whole group of us went from high school and one of the the guys with his twin brother he's going down the hill and he had an accident and that day we lost him and I was 14. Um, well, just recently, I got to do a drawing of him for his mom. And I've drawn a lot of people that have passed away and for their loved ones. And it's an amazing feeling when someone can look at your work and you get instant tears. There's nothing better than that. Um, but it felt like a different level for me, too, that I could draw him. And it felt like a weight that I've had on my shoulders for 20 years. It was just like the expression of just getting that memory of him out in all good ways and putting it on paper and giving it to someone like his mother just felt, it just felt really good. Oh yeah. That's absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely incredible, man. And you've got, you've got a great story. It's really like, it's really beautiful to, to hear what you've been through and, and to hear how you're channeling it in your art. Um, yeah. If you go check out Danny's Instagram, it's, he's got some really, really good stuff up there. I definitely suggest everybody do that. I've noticed that like you, you pretty much predominantly, uh, at least uh, on social media, it seems that you post predominantly pictures about athletes. Uh, what drew you to athletes? And is there a specific one or two that you think are your best uh, selections? I guess started drawing wrestling at the very beginning um, a lot because it was just, it's what I love. 
So you always do what you love. Um, and then my style works well when it comes to muscle structure because I draw contrast because it's just the black. So it's, it's a lot of wrestlers and athletes are pretty muscular. So they have that really good contrast when it comes to shadows. Um, and that got me stuck to it. And it's, it's what I'm passionate about. Like I love wrestling. I love sports. Uh, I love music. So I do a lot of musicians. Um, and that's just, it's just, you, you got to put your heart and soul into everything you do, or there's no point of doing it. And, uh, that was my, those were my passions. So that's why I do a lot of athletes and wrestling Exactly. and trailer park boys. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot, a lot of trailer park boys. Yep. I've yeah. seen a lot of those posted and reshared and retweeted. And I'm like, Oh, I know where this came from. So that's always, that's always Ooh. fun to see, but over the past few days, you've been kind of posting and hinting at something, and I think over the past, like, what, two days, it was finally made official, the Doug Gilmore Authentic Collection. Tell me about this. What is this? Oh, man, that was a cool feeling. I was sitting at home in September, September 3rd, and uh, I get a message on Instagram from a company called 93 Marketing. So I checked them out, and they're a marketing company for athletes that is co-founded by Doug Gilmore. I was like, okay, well, this seems pretty legit. And he sends me a message and he goes, we want you to do a design that Doug wants to put on t-shirts. And uh, I sat there for five minutes, just looking at my wife, looking at my phone, looking at my wife, looking at my phone. And uh, I was like, yeah, 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 whatever you guys want to do, try to play it cool. Uh, I did the drawing for them. They loved it. Um, Doug sent me this nice message, which blew my freaking mind. And then they... Loved it. I sent it to them. They paid me for it and so on. And then they called me back a week later and offered me royalties on the shirts, which I've never I've never had that experience before. So like that was just okay, this is cool. And then a month later they called me back and said, you know what? We like it so much that we want to use it as our logo and we want to come out with a whole clothing line for Doug Gilmore wants to come out with the authentic collection and wants to use your artwork for it. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> All right, if that's what you guys want to do, whatever. And uh, yeah, it just, it's been in the works in September, and it finally, the line dropped on Wednesday. And it, they're already sold out of the hats and most of the hoodies, and it's just, it's really, really cool for me. Oh, man, congratulations. That's so awesome, especially seeing, like, how you started and, like, what, like, with what humble beginnings the whole thing came from. That's so amazing. Congratulations, dude. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's uh, It's been a hustle. That's for sure. It's been a hustle. It's been, of course, drawing my whole life, but like I've really, uh, really been putting in the hustle and it's uh, it's coming to completion. So it feels really cool. That's awesome. Before we move too much further, yeah, sorry, sorry, Bars. I just had one last question. Like, uh, you're a typical, like, just the main drawing of Doug Gilmore that you have up on Insta, for example. How long does, like, a typical, just you with a Sharpie and a, a blank piece of paper, how long does it take you to complete, uh, a, like, a drawing to the point where you're happy with it? It's done. 36 years. <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, it all depends on the drawing. Like, my wife gives me shit all the time about it because she's like, yeah, that drawing looks good, but you could have did it better. And I'm, she, she's right. She's right. Right? And it's just straight up, she's right. She um, So some drawings can take two hours. Some drawings can take four. Um, but I can normally do one in a night or a night and a half. So if there's a lot of detail in it, it normally takes about four, uh, two to three hours. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I have yeah, some so of your nothing art. crazy. Yeah, I have some of your art proudly hanging on my wall. The Becky mm. Lynch Sharpie that you that you messaged me randomly. Um, I was literally drinking at some friend's house, and you're like, I got something for you that you're going to love. And oh boy, did I ever. Yeah, man. As soon as I drew it, I thought of you right away, and I was like, I got to reach out to that guy. He'll dig this. And I did, and I picked it up, and I loved it. <laughs> so now that we're talking wrestling, you know, you mentioned that you love wrestling. It's it's a love of yours. How long have you been watching wrestling for, and what got you into it? My whole life. Um, my dad owned a TV store. So he sold TVs and Amigas and Commodore computers. And um, we had a wall of TVs. And I had two older sisters, and I was a bratty little brother, so I got to watch whatever I wanted. So I put it on, and uh, my first memory was sitting there in my dad's store, my legs crossed, in my Brutus of Barber Beefcake t-shirt, watching um, Jake get the snake to bite Macho. And that was like, yeah, that was my first like real experience of like, what is this? And my dad also enjoyed it. So it was like the only thing we really had in common. So like, it was just that one common bond that we had. So yeah, I just... I loved it. Just started watching it, and then my dad took me to all the house shows whenever they came around. That is awesome. Because Matt and I, you know, for Christmas, we quote-unquote gifted each other shows to watch, and we're going to review them. Um, Unfortunately, we weren't able to do the show when we wanted to because of Brody Lee's death, so we just wanted to kind of honor him in the next episode, and, you know, we didn't, we, we waited. But that episode of Superstars was actually what he gifted me so it's kind of fun because one of the conversations that we were having is that is the moment that a lot of people started watching wrestling like that's a lot of people's first memory as it pertains to watching wrestling so it's amazing that you brought that up um you know and being a fan for so long you know have you been a fan straight through or is this something that you've kind of gotten in and out of I was a fan my whole life till I was about 19. And then I discovered booze and ladies. <laughs> it and, will um, yeah, it happens. So I took a little break for the wrestling. Like, religiously, I was watching. So, like, you guys know exactly how it is. So take a little break means, like, you'll catch a raw here or there. All right? Yeah. So, or a pay-per-view. And then when I got a little bit older, and I, you know, was no longer chasing the women and uh, quit drinking... I was like, whoa, well, how am I going to do to fill my time? And um, I got back into wrestling and then got hooked again. Um, yeah, and I got hooked. I came back into it at a perfect time. It was like it was at a time where things were starting to branch away from just WWE and that. Um, and it was pretty cool for me. That's awesome. So this being the Royal Rumble special, let's talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble. It. Royal Rumble, that is being one of the top four pay-per-views. Um, you know, even those years that you weren't a fan, was the Royal Rumble one of those shows that you always tried to watch? Rumble of Mania, yeah. always. I, yep. I haven't missed one. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, that makes sense. I think that's everyone's story. You know, they everyone tries to catch the Rumble, which is why I love WrestleMania season. It just brings a lot of attention to wrestling again. So it's a perfect time to bring in, you know, your biggest angles and whatnot. So... As it pertains to the Royal Rumble, what is your favorite memory of the Royal Rumble? Well, I when we talked last week and you told me we were doing the Rumble thing, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'll go back. So I watched all the highlights of all the Rumbles. 
I'm not hardcore like you guys. I can't watch the whole thing. Um, but there's so many things that I just almost forgot because they don't replay it all the time. Um, Bacho Man and Yoko. I'll never forget that, man. That was like the biggest sell I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> oh my god, that I was I, I was six years old when that happened. That made me cry, literal tears yeah. of sadness. Oh, a hundred percent. Because like I remember, my dad took me to a house show, and Taker slammed Yoko at the house show, and uh, I looked over at my dad. And my dad's eyes were wide, and his jaw was dropped, and I've never seen him do that before. And so I always held Yoko like. Like that guy's that he's unstoppable. Cause he should have been. And I was just like, when he threw him over, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, he could do that. But why would he try to pin him? That's dumb. <laughs> you know? Yep. So very, very dumb. Yeah. So yeah. So that, that you know, you're talking about some of your favorites. Do you, does, does anything stand out to you as like your least favorite or, or particularly stupid or disappointing about a Royal Rumble? Oh, I don't know, man. I didn't like. Uh... Well, I thought I thought that was pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Right, I I love I love me some Kofi Kingston, um, and I think it's really cool when Kofi does that gimmick, how he doesn't touch the floor all the time. But I don't love me Naomi doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's like they're sharing a gimmick. And, I feel uh, like- yeah, I, I feel I, you're, you're right on that. And I feel like this year's, like the 2021 version, where she just like put her feet in the air, was like the laziest one to date of all of the crazy no foot spots, you know? Yeah, maybe she just had to be better safe than sorry. Yeah, true. I think I think they're running out of ideas, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I always thought that was a little silly to have both of them doing that, like especially one match after another. Yeah, that's, um, that's a thing, right? Like it's... One thing is, you know, it happens once or twice every few years, but every single year now it's something that everyone is is expecting at this point. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, no, you caught me off guard with that question because I was writing down all the stuff that I liked. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't mean to <laughs> Don't be flex there. <laughs> Don't be sorry about that, brother, man. <laughs> well, keep you got me going. thinking. Keeping it going, if you had to pick one Royal Rumble to take to a desert island, you can never watch another one for the rest of your life. What is the single favorite Royal Rumble? Royal Rumble 97. 97? 97, back when Austin went over the top rope, but the rest didn't see it. And then Brett got screwed. And I think that was like one of the first biggest times we ever saw Brett got screwed. And uh, growing up as a Canadian kid, Bret Hart was the freaking man. Right? Like, he should be on the $5 bill. Right? <laughs> Yep. He, he was the man growing up. So, like, to see him get screwed by someone I'm also not supposed to like, but I like, was just huge for me back then. So I watched it again now, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's still good. So I would say the Rumble match of 97. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. All right, Danny, I don't want to take up so much more of your time, so I want to thank oh, you for great joining us. Oz, always, it's a pleasure for you to finally be on the show, and I hope that this is just one of many, many appearances on this show. But before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on the social medias? Yeah, it's Danny Granger Art at um, at all of them. So you're Danny Granger Art. You should also check out DougGilmore.com and um, look in the, in the shop section and buy one of my shirts. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them literally right now. I'm like, hmm, which one do I want? I love it. Um, so, Dan, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, buddy. Like I said, we're, we'll chat soon. All right, Matt, it's time. We're going to go back to it. Number 150. Shimini bra. Thanks for coming by, Danny. Congratulations again, man.